Precious tritium is the fuel that makes this podcast go. There's only 25 pounds of it on the whole planet. With great power comes great responsibility. Hello and welcome back to Swinging Through Spider-Man, which of course is a Spider-Man podcast dedicated to reading through, in order, the amazing Spider-Man comics originally by Stanley and Steve Ditko. I'm James, that's Brad. How are you getting on, mate? It's been a while. Yes, it has been a while. Had the week off last week. Um, I was out busy getting engaged. Congratulations. Thank you very much. I think... uh, Everyone else will join me in saying uh, that it's a really good thing that like you've got engaged to your girlfriend of 10 years. Yeah, you, you can't rush these things. No, you can't. I think uh, she had a good uh, CRB check. You know, <laughs> I was all in order. <laughs> 10 years worth of uh, experience. So Yeah, yeah no, t- temporary contract, that's what it was. <laughs> She's a full-time signing now in the January transfer window. <laughs> <laughs> Football, soccer references there. But uh, no, Brad, I think congratulations. I think... Uh, you know, it's it's a it's a really good positive thing, positive news anyway. In our little break, which is a, a difference because usually the news about why we're away is kind of negative, and it's you know we're ill or something's happened or there's work or we're busy. But no, we were off because you were getting engaged. Yeah, pop into question, mate. Uh, yeah, Peter Parker won't be doing that anytime soon. Oh yeah, no, he's, he's <laughs> like the shambles. I always thought, I always like reading these comics because they make me really enjoy how my life's going. Uh, yeah, it seems like it's all going good. Uh, I'm feeling all right. That's I'm pretty good. sure our listeners are feeling all right. Um, last time out, we did the third Spider-Man annual, which yeah. was a blast. Yeah, it was sort of semi-out of sync as well, which we do apologise for. Yeah, I think uh, we tried to find a good place to do it, and then we forgot about it. Well, I forgot about it entirely. But no, it, it worked out for the best, to be honest. We had a nice storyline with Spider-Man fighting the flu and the cold and the vulture. And then we went back into that and it was a blast. I enjoyed it. One thing that was picked up, though, was um, I missed out that the Wasp, she was angry. The Wasp, of course, the Avenger, didn't want Spider-Man to be part of the team. And that's because Wasps don't like spiders in nature. Oh, okay. I just thought it was woman's intuition. Yeah, I didn't pick up on that at all. <laughs> just like the only person making any sense out of the whole Avengers that was actually just like, we shouldn't hire this kid with anger issues. Oh, yeah, I was more focused on the fact that they were so bad at planning. They like, this is Earth's mightiest heroes. They don't have a test. You know, they don't have a HR procedure. <laughs> it's like he'll go into the, Captain America will go into back and say, you know, I'm, I'm on the phone to HR. He'll just be mumbling around, thinking of something, and come back out five minutes later and say, yeah, it's done. Now, do you really need to prove yourself as a superhero? You, I mean, Spider-Man's been doing this gig for a little while now. Surely his, his experience is worth more than his qualifications. I'd guess so. I think, uh, you know, entry. you can at least go for that entry-level task, entry-level job. Junior, su- junior superhero. Yeah, I think he's got enough about him. Dep- Deputy Avenger. <laughs> but at any rate, I think we're back onto the main story now with issue 50 
of the Amazing Spider-Man, which of course is a, a famous Woo! issue. Fiverr. I forgot to put the front cover in the notes, Brad, but you don't need to see it to know what is it, it is. Like. Is it is it the very famous Peter Parker is walking towards the camera and then there is a massive Spider-Man in the background? Is that the issue? Uh, let me just double check because I think it is. But I just need to double check. Yeah, it is. He's walking into the silhouette of walking away. Yeah, that's the, the silhouette one. of Spider-Man uh, who's behind him, which is a. Uh, I think it's famous, and I think the storyline is kind of riffed on. It's one of those storylines that's kind of riffed on in a few Spider-Man movies, especially Spider-Man Two ish. Is it the whole losing powers dealio? N- not necessarily that, but losing something definitely. Okay, or... his virginity. Wow, wow, wow. You know how we said we'll be able. Just let you do your thing. Yeah, yeah. You know how I said it would be a while until he gets engaged? Okay, yeah. So Yeah, I'm so, probably thinking he's a wait until marriage kind of guy. <laughs> by default. Not just not by choice. To be fair, watching Mary Jane act out the way she does in this whole entire situation is sort of like that'd be enough to put me off for life, man. That'd be enough to make me celibate. <laughs> well, Peter Parker is an incel. Oh. It's an involuntary <laughs> celibate. <laughs> As long as he's got no manifestos cooking up and he hasn't got his gun license, I think we're good to go. <laughs> so, so, bro. so where where did we leave leave off before the annual? Then it was it was um, Blackie took over the mantle of the Vulture, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, then, so, what was it? It was the Vulture versus Craven, weren't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what's relevant in this more so is that Peter Parker has moved out from his aunt May. And being Spider-Man is kind of stopping stopping him having a normal life. Yeah, that was that was, that was a big part of the of of the issue that we read before the annual. If I remember correctly, sort of sitting in a dark room. Yeah, so there's not a lot of dangling plot threads. Yeah, but there's kind of two like those major lines of that Peter has moved out and he's independent, but he's not really that independent because he's Spider-Man. Yeah, he's sort of like. He doesn't have his independence because he's constantly having to split his attention from everything that he does in his life. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's completely, completely stuck in being a crime fighting vigilante, a masked crime fighting vigilante. It's not the purge. So, you know, there's no license for this kind of thing. He's just doing it on his own back because he's, he's got powers. But uh, shall we get into the amazing Spider-Man issue 50 by Stan Lee and John Romita? Okay, so the story starts with Spider-Man doing what he does best, sort of, and he's kicking criminal backside. He's got a few of them on the ropes. It starts off literally in the middle of a fight. That's pretty epic. That's that's a good way to start. So it's him just wisecracking and busting up. Uh, you know, he calls it a criminal tea party. Yeah. He's got four of, four of them on the ropes. His uh, strength is, of course, too much for any street-going thug. He puts an entire door panel through four of them. That's that's pretty epic. So he's got the door hat door by both hands, and there's four of them in a row, and he's just banged it over all of their heads, and they're kind of trapped in this door panel now, wedged into it. <laughs> Which is a great panel. That's, that's excellent. It's just how he... You know, comics have evolved a lot. They kind of show everything now. Yeah, it's it's like it's like one panel is 
punched a couple of people and the next panel is just inserting them into a door. Yeah, which is uh, probably a great hard cut, one of the great hard cuts <laughs> in comic book history. It doesn't so, even explain where he got the door from. He's just got it. Yeah, it's off the hinges. It's off some hinges somewhere. With a, another bout of successful crime fighting over, of course, he heads home to civilian flat share, where, as Peter Parker, he shares with his best mate, Harry Osborn. In which we, what we've decided is a very, very open plan apartment. Yeah, um, I've not really seen much of the plan of it, but from what we have seen in some images, it's quite almost like Peter's bed is by the front door. Literally in inside the living room. Somewhat, some <laughs> might say that this is an afterthought. <laughs> by, not by the artist, but by Harry Osborne and his dad. He went, oh, give, just invite him over. I'm, I'm fairly certain that Peter's just living on a fold-out bed. <laughs> not a good permanent permanent thing if you know if, no, i will you need, say you need that support mate you need that, that, that beds are pretty cool the first time oh yeah the novelty wears off and the back pain sets in the novelty wears off funny enough during the night <laughs> the first time you fold it out oh yeah this is cool you're sleeping on it and about 11 o'clock or whenever you know a few three hours into bed two hours into bed even once you've dropped off i think you get that back pain oh yeah Oh yeah, he sets him right deep. It's it's not a great permanent solution. There's, I know there's, that as there's well. no there's no amount of deep heat that can save you the next morning. Well, I had you know I've got kind of the loft room, so to save space, my first bed uh, instead of the futon kind of deal I've got going on now is uh, what well, it was a fold out sofa bed. That I can tell you, they are not built for permanent <laughs> permanent sleeping because it just bends. <laughs> You know, if you have a mattress for a long time, it kind of it, it morphs and twists and it fits your body. Yeah. It, it just... The whole, the the whole, whole bed. <laughs> the whole deal. <laughs> it's, so, it's, so, it's so bad that when you fold it back into being a sofa, it still just wants to caress you like a mattress. It's not good. No. No, it's not good. It's no, not good. at all. Um, so, yeah, you sofa know, beds. You know what sofa beds always remind me of, though? Especially in your in your room is like, did you ever watch Hey Arnold? Like, do you ever remember mm. how sick his fucking bedroom was? He literally had a sofa that when he pressed the button, flipped out and turned into a bed in the wall. It was so sick. Well, my room to just quickly describe it is just piles of clothes I don't wear, piles of books I don't read, and piles of deodorant I've never used because I don't use that deodorant. It's just, I've it's just collected it. The honorary Christmas link set. Yeah. Or for, well, for the yeah. Americans, the accent. Yeah, so I've got loads of kind of nicer stuff that I use and buy and all the shit. It, I'm makes, kind of collect. it makes it sound like you walk in there, there's just like three piles of shit and then there's just like a mattress on the floor and about three cardboard boxes and it's like you live in squalor. Thank God I wasn't ten. I'm not ten years older. Otherwise, this would be quite a picture. <laughs> it's a depression room. <laughs> oh, Brad, that cuts. That's cuts a bit close to the bone, mate. <laughs> but yeah, it's very much a Peter Parker situation. I feel my deal is a Peter Parker deal. Yeah. But uh, thankfully, I'm not sharing my room with uh, another bloke, uh, Harry Osborne, <laughs> which is Peter Parker's deal. He's sharing it with Harry Osborne. So. Pete's just come back from crime fighting. He's switching to his CV. He's walked out. Hi, Harry. How are you doing? Harry says, mate, have I got some news for you? It's bad news. 
Uh, your aunt has passed out, mate. Fucking hell, again. Yes, so when Pete was out masquerading, Mrs. Watson, who of course is the flatmate of Aunt May, has called up Pete's flat. Harry's answered. Miss Watson has Mrs. Watson has said she's passed out because she's ill again. This bitch has got like HRV or something, man. She's constantly ill. She's got no immune system. She needs to get some. She's got the, the scurvy. <laughs> she needs to eat some some more of them wheat cakes, son. Well, back in school when they showed you, you know, when you did like history and it rotated between topics, some t- some years would have the pirate bit. I had the pirate bit, oh, and they showed you man. pictures of scurvy. It, you know, I've never actually seen a scurvy patient. Is it bad? You will be eating lemons every single day <laughs> for the rest of your life. <laughs> it's like a whole it's lemon with the skin still on. It's like. If life gave you meth teeth. Oh, God. And meth legs and meth bones. Oh, God. But you didn't but have, you didn't the, have the meth. <laughs> you didn't have the high. <laughs> In fact, you had no high because your diet's so bad. Like, there's no there's no good. Nothing but salt. There's no colour. It's beige, <laughs> like biscuits. And not even the nice American biscuit. You know, it's just like digestive biscuits. All you've been eating is bread. <laughs> and 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 malt and meat that's been so salted, it's like its contents is like forty percent just salt. So if Aunt May, maybe we should be looking at her diet. What is she eating? Because I have never seen her eat. I have to assume she's one of these that goes, oh, "I'll cook for everyone else," uh, but you know, she fin- the, fin- the, the the beans will do me fine again. She she finishes the roast and she's like, you know, what? I'm I'm actually not that hungry. I'll just have one potato. Literally, one. there's no nutritional value in a single potato. She needs some supplements, I think, and no one's no one's helping her. The doctors can't. The doctor just sedates her every time, which she's is done. She can't afford the actual healthcare. Do you know how much that fucking sedation would probably cost? Well, I saw I saw someone's medical bill before saying um, an ambulance call out just just to get picked up and took to the hospital after they broke the leg was something like nine hundred dollars. So let's break down Aunt May's medical bill for this sedation. So ignoring the call out, because that's obviously like 500 quid or whatever, the doctors come round, pressing the needle into her flesh would probably cost a grand. Fuck. The needle itself would probably cost a grand. (laughs) The fluid inside the needle, probably 20 grand. Dr. Bromwell pushing with his thumb, that motion. Yeah, he can probably charge an hourly rate for that. So just kind of... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> kind of split the time with, up with, with a minimum of like two hours per patient so like you have to pay the two hours even if he's only been there for five minutes what you've got to remember with older skin you have to find the, the, the vein the, the vein <laughs> you know you have to and you, you can't the skin's kind of blunted but to be fair like if, if not... you've seen old people's skin you don't need to take more than two seconds to just look at the paper skin translucent <laughs> skin and be like there's the vein yeah, but it gets all gloopy and the needle gets stuck in it. It's not like you put the needle in and the, the skin used to be up by the palm, but it's shrunk down by the elbow now. <laughs> like you put the needle in and as it's about to touch the vein, it just slips to the one side of the needle. It's like, whoop, whoop. Dear. <laughs> so Aunt May's ill. Yeah. Pete's flying around on his motorcycle and he, he's coming to the realisation that 
you know, I've been kind of enjoying myself since I moved out, but that's come at this big cost now that I'm never around Aunt May. And when stuff like this happens, I'm always so far away. Yeah. It is because he's moved like from what was he? Queens. Is he from Queens? Yeah, so he's moved into the he's city, moved I gather. City. Yeah, that's a that's a decent way away, isn't it? Like Yeah, for him as well. Yeah. Like, he's never been away. And of course, like obviously you got New York traffic to compete with. Yeah. It's it's a it's a terrible deal, really. So he, he rides home um after seeing Aunt May. And he just thinks to himself, I've been spending so much time fighting crime. And, you know, I'm not living, actually living my life. I think I'm having fun, but I haven't looked at this big picture. Mm, like what's more important? Things are about to get a bit worse. Uh, how could that possibly happen? Well, the next day he heads to school to sit an exam. And because he's been up all night worrying about Aunt May and going out crime fighting, He's not been at his best. After the exam, his professor, Professor Warren, pulls him aside, yeah, and says, mate, I'm disappointed in you. Your, your grades are slipping and you've been put here on a scholarship, so I, I did expect more from you. Oh, rough. He got the whole I'm not angry, I'm disappointed talk. Yeah, but, like, he's not performed. He's been paid to perform. Yeah, literally, like, that's the whole point of a scholarship, isn't it? It's like... You know, to expand, you know, do so well, you're like a credit to the university. Yeah. And he's not, so he's walking out. He's all depressed. He's like, he's like Peter, when's... Peter, Peter. You you got to pull through because if 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 you do, I get tenure, tenure, <laughs> Peter. <laughs> Which is worth a lot. I've seen friends. I've seen I've seen that bit of friends. It's worth a bit, man. Literally, so, do whatever the fuck you want. Gwen Stacy shows up and invites Pete to a party, and he has to turn it down because he has work to do. But Aunt May. And he's got to look at his grades and sort it all out. So he's got to study. Got to knuckle down, man. He does. He really does. So he kind of does this bike meditation, which he's done twice already. Um, This this issue. So he goes on his motorbike and he starts thinking to himself. He realizes one key thing as he's blasting down the road. Ever since he became Spider-Man, he's had nothing but trouble. Nothing but trouble. Great film. Great film. Peter heads home with... It all on his mind. He has to keep his evenings free as well. So he's gone home thinking about his grades, Aunt May, the fact he's missing out on a social life. And he's like, he, he thinks to himself, even with all this stuff I've got to do, I've got to book like seven till 10 off every night just to fight crime. Oh, Spider-Man can take a day off or so. It can, like... It's like the whole idea behind Batman, isn't it? It's just like... You'd be your own boss. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's, there's software these days. You can get your accounting done for you on a computer. You, you can, you know, you can schedule time off. Just tell the clients. It's easy. Well, it all you need done. to do is just make such an impression on the, the underbelly of, the, of New York. Fuck it. Just let Daredevil sort it out. He's in the same joint. Like, literally... The, the Avengers are in the same fucking town. And Fantastic Four. Admittedly, Fantastic Four are off doing Fantastic Four shit. Yeah, quite literally holding the fabric of the universe together. Legit. Um, but you have a you have a massive point that there are other people. Don't think Spider Man cares. I think he does like to get involved with it and do his part. But uh, no, he's uh, he's having trouble, and he has to book time off to be Spider Man. That is not good. What's worse, he turns on the news to take his mind off things 
And hang on, I don't think that's going to take his mind off anything. All he has to see is a fucking school shooting, a bank robbery, a murder, anything. And he'll be on the fucking streets. Literally anything. Fighting crime. It's all it takes. You could say, cut up the tree. He is gone. He's out there. I suppose the thing is about Spider-Man as well is he's supposed to be that like very low tier hero. Friendly neighbourhood Spider-Man? Yeah, the friendly neighbourhood Spider-Man. Dealing with like the muggins and like you said, the cats up trees. You think these muggers would have just called it a day, but they ain't. They're still committing crime. But worst possible thing he hears, a talk show hosted by J. Jonah Jameson that is kind of debating the topic of Spider-Man. Of course, it's biased as well. <laughs> does does JJ do anything other than just talk about Spider-Man? He's having like a rant about Spider-Man saying he's a misguided fool. He's not a superhero. It, we need to find out his identity behind that ugly mask. And he's an tr- egomaniac, neurotic troublemaker. He's this, he's that. And Pete's just looking at this. Bear in mind what's going through his mind at the moment. He's looking at this and he's just thinking, what is the fucking point of all of this? Is It's sort of like when, when you have these like YouTube celebrities nowadays and that sort of thing, they just get harassed for literally no reason. Well, think of it this way. If Spider-Man, if this wasn't the 60s, if we could transplant kind of the context of this now, how many YouTube channels would there be dedicated to finding his identity? And what's more, how many people would actually know him and find his identity that quickly and just prank him? True. Like, yo, this is Spider Conspiracist number 59. Um, I'm back again with a new conspiracy theory. What if Spider-Man is actually just made of love, lots of other little spiders? Did you ever think about that? <laughs> the, uh, the video is six hours long and the thumbnail <laughs> is a picture of a pyramid. is <laughs> like his intro music, you know, like when they make those real, really shitty like Windows movie maker. Like yeah. pre bit pre That's how you know you're in for the ride of your it's just, life. It's just like loads of pictures of like expanded mind and all that sort of bollocks. <laughs> with like with like Times New Roman, like Spider Conspiracies fifty nine just flying across the screen. So I okay. The other day I was watching um I forgot what I was, it was like an interview with a direct about a director. And do you know how YouTube has this thing of auto-playing the next, the next video one, in the yeah. queue? And the video that is next in the queue is very thinly related to the topic. So say if someone mentions lizards or meditation, at any point in that video, you could possibly get something next in your queue that is to do with that. Beautiful. I, know, I think I know what it is so, doing. I've watched this video. I've got my headphones on. Nice noise-cancelling headphones. I fell asleep with my headphones on massive fucking headphones at full blast volume listening to this interview next thing it goes on is a six hour <laughs> lecture a six hour lecture on um flat earth <laughs> and because you know i sleep for about 10 hours so i have listened to the whole thing in my fucking sleep so yeah so so now you like walking around with a uh with a spirit level well, the thing is, I was looking at how people are inspired to kind of like make fil- weird films and weird books, and they do like tr- this meditation and trans- transcendental meditation, which is just kind of blocking out thoughts. So I thought I'll I'll do that, 
and this is a long way of getting to the point, but it was 10 minutes and he's just doing this thing for 10 minutes. And all of a sudden, it's like practice the exercise on your own in silence. And that's the end of the video. But at the end of the fucking video, an advert plays full volume. <laughs> and adverts are much louder than regular sort of video volume as well. So back to the point, I think you in fucking in the modern day, Pete Spider-Man probably wouldn't be able to exist without instantly <laughs> revealing his identity. Because <laughs> all you have to do is fall down some fucking rabbit hole and some idiot on the YouTube has put two and two together, got six, but also got the right answer. Well as well. Think about it this way, man. Like you know you know in Spider-Man 2 where he stops the train and everyone lifts him up like he's Christ and it's like an absolute Yeah, all you need moment. is some fucking know, amateur filmmaker at the back going, Oh God. No, if it's made this day and age, everyone's gonna have the phones out, everyone's gonna be recording that. Like and then everyone's standing there just like, We won't tell no one. Oh, I'm a spider, we won't tell no one. Yeah. Like bullshit, man. This day and age, you'd be like, Yo, Spidey, can I get a selfie? Like, he's still pretty much dead. Yeah, you've got because people would put have you'd have six hour videos on analysing his face shape under the mask. <laughs> and his voice recognising as well. Yeah, he'd be done. He'd be done. Not to mention how sloppy is Spider Man for a lot of things. Like Geezer just goes in and out the windows of his apartment, like just j- jumps out of it. So all all this time, imagine so he's got a bit of a privilege of being born before all this technology existed to fuck him up. Oh yeah, definitely. But there are still people out for him, like Jameson, who has also said, uh, "Here's a ten, oh, a one grand bounty." So a one thousand dollar bounty. Not a cheddar back a day as well. He's put a bounty out on Spider Man, like to kill him. No, just to c- capture and conviction. Like just to get information about him. The capture and conviction, man. Get him if you can give a re- information that leads to his arrest and capture. You get a grand. Fuck. So this ticks Peter. He he starts to think, oh, he actually really genuinely doesn't like me. Genuinely, oh, it's not just a thing. His actual, his actual words was he hates me far more he than be- I ever thought. He believes sincerely that I'm a threat to society and I'm here thinking when did you not think this before <laughs> at what point at what point were you given evidence to believe the opposite <laughs> it's because Spider-Man's just been terrorising him every now and again just swinging by his office to just steal his coffee or like take his ashtray or something so at this point you can imagine how agitated Peter's getting there's a one grand bounty on his head He's hearing a lot of horrible words said about him. He's exhausted. His grades are slipping. His aunt's really sick and he's got no social life. What's more, he looks like he's wearing the most itchy jumper oh, yeah. of all time. I, I'd spotted that straight away and I was wondering if he was going to bring it up. That legitimately looks like he's wearing static as a jumper. I was just about to say, if you have a TV, you know, the old kind of tube CRT TVs, go up to it and punch it really hard and kind of let whatever is on screen play and that will look like Peter's jumper. It looks it looks like he's wearing a jumper made up of spiders, which would be quite It fitting. looks like he's been dragged through a hedge backwards. He looks like he's gone to the hairdressers without wearing that stupid cape 
and just said, yeah, yeah this is sound. Oh, yeah, and all the hair is just kind of yeah, just, in here. Just it's very pubic. Yeah, it's pubic jumper. Pubic contexture. I like the effort bad. that John Romita Seniors went to to draw the hairs on the jumper standing up. No, you, you can really... Standing out of the jumper? You know, the worst thing about these jumpers are is that they, they, they're actually making a comeback. I've seen people wear these jumpers. I don't know. I don't know. They look itchy. It looks horrific. But he's wearing a shirt underneath it. Oh, yeah, I guess. But it's still, that's still in contact with some bits of his skin when he wipes, you know, brushes past his face or his wrist. I don't like it. No. I don't like it. It's unsettling. So all of this situation, it sent Pete into a bit of a depression and a realisation. What if the things that Jameson are saying is true? What if he's a menace, a danger, a madman? And what's more, what if he's jeopardising his entire life just to be that? It makes sense because he's, he's got a lot of self-doubt on his, on his shoulders, which has actually been set up for a few comics now, a few issues. He's, he's yeah. constantly self... I mean, part of it always brings me back to the to the bit where he says, like, do we do it just to get a thrill? Like, Is he a nutter? Am, am, am I, I a nutter? A nutter, yeah. And it's like... If you even have that thought pop into your head, you, you're on the right track. Because if you got if you got to doubt yourself like that, like if you say to yourself, "I'm I the one that's got problems," like you're one step close to fixing them if you do. Yeah, definitely. It's not like you know, if you're a psychopath and you see the traits of a psychopath and you want that, but you think you don't have them. It's paradoxical because that means you are a psychopath. Yeah, it's like that, but in reverse where he has realized the issue and that means he's in a positive aspect that's he's one step closer to fixing it like you said but because he's getting hammered from all aspects of his life it's just kind of pushing him downwards even though he realizes it yeah but he's not exactly got a lot going for him at the moment does he no i mean he he does in a way that he has three universities he's got his bike he's got a nice flat everything is actually going right it's just the secrets yeah, I mean, like, he's not he's not really had any like big wins. He suffered a really bad loss at the hands of the Vulture, and he's just got over his cold. Aren't May sick? So, like, you know, sometimes it's hard to see the forest through the trees when you've got so many bad things happening in your life. What follows is a famous sequence where he walks outdoors. It's it's right pouring down with rain. He's almost in a trance, like head down, walking forward. He does the only thing he can that comes to mind, and he bins the Spider-Man costume in a public bin, trash can, and walks away from it. Yeah, this powerful image that is. Yeah, it's just how furious the scribbles are. Like you can just, it's like they're carved. Yeah, you can tell that rain's hitting down hard as well. It's like every kind of line of drawing, whether it's in pen or pencil or ink, is kind of just really scratched in. Yeah, the trash can, the suit. Pete's jacket. Pete needs some longer trousers. Yeah, Those an- socks are hitting the puddles. Them ankle swingers, man. But no, it's a famous imagery of the world. It's uh, it's changing. The it's years it's, it's almost past. a shame that these like really famous panels don't actually have like names for them. Like you know, when like an artist completes like an amazing piece of work, they, they name it. 
I like sat and eating his son, and it's just that geezer chowing on a fucking body. Yeah, exactly. Or, it's got like a name that gives it so much. Yeah, it should have like a, a name, a name for the panel. Because <clears throat> it is artwork. It is a piece. This this now. Yeah, I'd frame that. Is art. That is art now. Kill the bubbles. Kill the text. No, I wouldn't, even, I wouldn't even kill the bubbles. Yeah, it's even then, it's just, but all of it is just powerful. And they're like, no one is saying that John Romita is senior is the best comic book artist of all time, or that is even any any good. But in in that in that moment, it's like how much is captured exactly. And it, art doesn't necessarily have to be technically good. It just it depends on what you see in it and how much weight it carries for you personally. I mean, if you're reading it as we are in order, that means a lot. It means that Peter has taken a massive step and chucked away half his life. But don't forget how much hard work and effort and genuine blood, sweat and tears was spent in that costume. Like, spent keeping that costume together, spent repairing it, spent improving it. And he's just, you know what I mean? So much time has been dedicated to being Spider-Man and now that's in the bin. It's not even buried. It's not even put anywhere safe. It's just public bin. Yeah, like, if if it wasn't being dramatic because that's its form, it has to be dramatic, that would just be chucked in, just chucked out. Mm. Like anything. It wouldn't be in the bin. It would just be on the side, crumpled. In nothing. Brown paper bag. uh, Yeah, he's just, he's, he's chucked it and walked off. Um, the scene cuts to the next day at the Daily Bugle where a kid, he bursts through the door with urgent news and everyone says, get the fuck out of here, man. But he, he breaks through, gets gets away from everyone, sprints into the office of J. Jonah Jameson and no, he's not an assassin or a hitman. <laughs> Tiny <laughs> assassin, get him! <laughs> <laughs> Literally the size of his knees. <laughs> Just imagine getting hard tackled. Just... <laughs> This kid is like a fat, chubby kid with like the circle glasses. He looks like Harry Potter if he was blonde. Just imagine him getting instantly took out. So there's um in this show called Twin Peaks: The Return. There's like a dwarf hitman called Ike the Spike, <laughs> and like he he's only in it for two episodes, but he's like a fully fledged hitman, <laughs> like running around for ice pick. Like just having, <laughs> I don't know how he managed to get away with it for so long. He's so tiny. That's how he gets away with it, man. It, but he's not very good at it. He kind of just stabs them loads with it very publicly. Yeah, but that's fine because it would just be like he puts on a little change of clothes, gets into a uh, gets into a pram. That's it, man. Baby. Right, the spike is gone. Telling you, no, man. this is this is just a child, and in his arms is the costume, the actual costume of Spider Man that he's picked up off of the street floor or from the bin, been rooting for the bins. Dirty bastard. Has rewarded him, you know. Uh, what is it called? What is that thing? The phrase "one man's trash <laughs> is another man's treasure." No, the actual form of bin dipping. Um, you know, restaurants when they took out oh, the fine steak. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. I, I, I saw this before. It's like it's not free cycling, is it? No, there's an actual. It's, there's an actual name for it because I remember watching a, um, a thing on TV about it, and there was like I was watching it, and then afterwards I was like, "Yo." I need to find me like a Greg's and just I just searched bin dipper. <laughs> and that's not the term. Manchester United fans refer to Liverpool fans as bin dippers in brackets as people who out of bins. <laughs> and it 
in in further brackets a derogatory term and i'm thinking yeah 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 because because that point was made because obviously people use that as a term of endearment no, so I do apologise that any Liverpool fans are offended in the recording of this podcast. You usually are offended by something. But uh, I don't know the word, and it's going to be too much of a tangent. It's probably free cycling or something. I thought free cycling was just the, the state of taking unwanted furniture and shit. You're taking unwanted stakes. Uh, that makes sense. Well, this uh, costume has been free cycled directly into the hands of Jay Jonah Jameson, who he's so happy... He's ran an extra and... Uh, like, you know, if this was this day and age, that, that suit would like be straight on Craigslist. So Jay, Jay Jonah Jameson's so happy. He says, kid, this gets you an award. Well, kid, this, you, oh, this gets you an award. It's foaming at the mouth. And the kid says, what reward? And Jay Jonah Jameson says, oh, you can have a free copy of the paper. Go on. What, what a cunt. <laughs> Offering out a grand. And he's just like, no, 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 free, like, 10 cents paper. But, uh, no, it's a big story. It's the worst case scenario. Probably. Jay Jonah Jameson, of course, is now in possession of Spider-Man's outfit. He's run the extra. He's put two and two together. Is Spider-Man through? Is he done? The entire city now knows this. Mm. It's on the talk shows, it's on the radio, and also, of course, the criminal underground know this. Oh, God, you're talking about a crime wave, the likes of, the likes of which the New York had never seen? Well, you say that, and I'm thinking, can Daredevil not fucking do something? <laughs> and here, here's the thing, he's probably having a sulk after being rejected by the Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to fight crime, you can uh, fight it. Just you can avenge it yourself. <laughs> oh, I just have a feeling like like Avenge Tower has like a no, no Daredevils allowed sign on the door. I can imagine Daredevil walking around so angry that his senses are really phased out, and he's just walking straight into a lamppost. You know, you know um, Sideshow Bob when he keeps yeah, walking he's into like, the, you know what kind of bugs me about Daredevil? And it's a clear character thing that they could have put in, which would have been fucking awesome. Why didn't they ever give him a, uh, a guide dog? Like, cause mm. The guide dog could also be super-powered, and that would be fucking awesome. I wonder if they do anything that. to his cane. Because he has, uh, as uh, Matt Murdock, he has a cane in the comics. So maybe that uh, could be something he beats people up with. The dog. But, uh... He swings the dog around. <laughs> <laughs> So the criminal underground, they know there's no more Spider-Man and the informant that we know only as Patch notices an increase in gangland activity. On the night that this news comes out, all the mob bosses across town are meeting, but they ain't got a leader. Now, Patch wonders to himself, that could be me. I could be that leader. Oh, piss off, Patch. You've done this fucking before and it didn't end well, mate. It, it ended with your ass in jail. Fuck off, Foswell. Foswell, <laughs> fuck off. So, Patch, of course, revealed by Brad, is the alter ego of the Daily Bugle writer, Fred Foswell. And he's, he's already done this before. Yeah, but the thing is, right, a couple of issues ago, we had this whole, like, powder keg go off where Green Goblin was trying to do exactly what Patch is thinking about doing now. And basically take out all the mob bosses 
and become the the kingpin, if you will, <laughs> of all the all the gangs in New York. And like even Green Goblin couldn't do it. And I'm sorry, he's legitimately one of the scariest villains in Spider Man. And then you got Patch, rubber face Patch, thinking that he can do it. Fred Froswell as well. They're both the same. Well, they are the fucking same person. But uh, no, they had he had this chance before, and I will say he blew it. Blew big time. He definitely blew it. But the city, it's under the grip of a uh, a new a new crime wave, and uh, as you can see, people are getting hijacked, bank robberies are going off, and this is all going back to one name, the name of someone known as the Kingpin. Ah, I predicted it. Ah! <laughs> so the man who's trying to lead these random assortment of gangs, it's not Patch, it's not Foswell, but it's a man known as the Kingpin. It's literally Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> <laughs> He's got like, do you know Howboy's fist? <laughs> Imagine if Howboy's fist wasn't Howboy's fist, but it was a actually a fist. <laughs> <laughs> he has he has what's not, what what my mom says shovel hands. <laughs> <laughs> He's got shovel cheeks and shovel eyebrows as well. I've got a shovel head. <laughs> he looks like a shaved hamster. <laughs> you know when you skin a bear in Red Dead? Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> So the Kingpin, he's got a master plan. Of course, the world-famous Kingpin. You've seen him a lot in Daredevil. You've seen him a lot in everything, actually. Uh, he's bringing all the rival gangs together to make an army. He's uh, he, But he's running it with business smarts. And he's the chairman of the criminal board. He's the Kingpin. Hey, hey, Tony. To- hey, Tony. I want, I want a criminal underground organization that's as powerful as, as I am fat. Do listen here, Tony. Nam, I won't tell you fuck. I won't tell you fucking twice. You you do this again, I'll break your fucking Gregory. I'm telling you. I'll throw down them fucking apple and pears. I'll fucking snap your Gregory right in fucking. Don't you fucking get me started. Yes. Yes, Kingpin is a cockney. It's... Kingpin was always a cockney. Fuck yes. I, I am. This is, this is the Kingpin. The underworld will now be run like a fucking business. <laughs> and the chairman of the board, that's me, will be the kingpin. <laughs> that's him. So, Peter Parker, while all this is going on, like New York has descended into a hellmouth. Pete Parker is having the time of his life. Just like literal sunshines and rainbows. Definitely. Like he's walking down, he's walking down the street and it's like sunshine's lollipops. And <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, there's like, like there's people being thrown out of buildings. Like there's a man running <laughs> past on fire. <laughs> he's found the time to read, relax, date, chill, everything. He's spending more time than ever with Gwen Stacy and Mary Jane. He's finding the time to care for Aunt May, for God's sake. He's doing everything he wanted to do. His life's good, man. He's catching up with Harry. Harry's dad's out of town. Wonder where he is. Um, he's doing everything, man. Everything he wanted to be doing, he's catching up with. He's catching up with life. This is the thing about Spider-Man. Is he never, ever, from what I can tell, I don't know in the future, I don't know 
deeper storylines later on. But from every single pop culture thing I know about him, it's like he never, ever manages to find the balance. Never. It, it rarely happens. But it kind of looks like he's found something he likes doing. So this almost comes crashing to an end when he's listening to the music on the radio and it's interrupted by a news reporter for robbery. He leaps into action. He's, he's getting ready to go. But he remembers, remembers that he chucked his suit out and this isn't me. Someone can deal with this. The police are probably already dealing with this. So he just chills out. Bebler. The next day, he invites Gwen Stacy out for a date, but she's got plans with Harry Osborne. Um, this is after she's received a letter from Flash Thompson, who's out fighting the good fight in the Vietnam well, War. Well, we won't say it was the good fight. We won't, in his mind, it's the good fight. In everyone else's mind, it's probably. Yeah. We'll say he's not. He's coming. He's coming back from that war with probably with mental damage and physical damage. Oh, we'll go out on a limb and say that. Oh yeah, definitely. He's not coming back the same man. Yeah, no, no one, no one ever comes back from war. He's coming back person. like Lieutenant Dane. <laughs> they took my legs. <laughs> so Pete rides off in his bike. Gwen had plans with Harry Osborne. He notices a crime going on. And two people are trying to chuck a man off a rooftop. They're trying to mug him and dash him off a rooftop. That's that's pretty dark, man. So that's the amazing Peter Parker. He leaps up the building and dispatches these two thugs. So he takes off his shoes, jumps up in his civvies, jumps over the wall, and just knocks these two blokes out and runs off. Fair play. Like, he gives them a right chop in the head as well. Legit karate chop and a punch right in front of a fucking police officer as well. I don't, I don't know if it, I think it's just a smart dressed man, Brad. No, no, he's a security guard or a police oh, it is, officer. It's something, yeah, yeah, you're right. It's like a security guard or a police, someone of authority. Oh, he's got the he's got the hat that's been knocked off. It's a good blue uniform. It's he looks almost cooler in these get this get up than he does a Spider Man. I, I was just about to say that. I'm so glad you did. He's so rad, like no socks, jumping over your jeans and karate chopping people in the yeah, head. Yeah, it's the way how his blazers like flying behind him in the breeze as well. It looks so how like, angry he looks. Yeah, he looks great. Like because obviously Spider Man, you don't get those expressions. If he was, if this was made before the war, imagine how cool he'd have been in the war. Oh yeah, we've like, been ridiculous chopping them. Yeah, but no, here we are. He's just <laughs> sprinting on top of rooftops and uh, karate chopping people in the head. Yeah. On the other side of the town, the Kingpin is actually hosting a guest. So he's invited, well, Fred Foswell's ended up there to present himself to the Kingpin as the new leader of New York's gangs. Wait, 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 wait. Foswell. Foswell says, look, listen here, I'm leading the gangs. I'm not greedy. I'll give you a cut. You can be my fucking lieutenant. What do you say? The Kingpin goes, you fucking fool. You fucking dare. I'll tell you once, I'll tell you fucking twice. Why am I going to have a slice of the pie when I can eat the old <laughs> bastard thing? I'll buy you and sell you a fucking hundred times. Uh, Foswell is shitting it in front of the kingpin. Foswell has just doesn't know where he is. Pulls a gun. Foswell pulls the gun. Foswell pulls a gun. Man, Foswell's a little bitch, man. And the kingpin pulls out his cane. Says, we've spotted your fucking gun. I've obliterated it with my fucking eraser beam. It's fucking like pew. <laughs> beam come out of his cane. It's like jeweled cane. And it's uh, it blew his gun up. But if Foswell didn't move out of the way, it would have like 
made, do you know what you fall like when you hit someone critically with a, a plasma pistol? Oh, yeah. And, just, and they just cuddle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Search Foswell, find rubber mask. I did tell you I break someone's fucking Gregory today. Because that's the mad thing. Tell you. That's the mad thing about um, Foswell as well. He's appeared in front of in front of the Kingpin as Foswell, yeah, not he Patch. That. He said, "I'm the always the big man, so I will do this. I know how this works. You're gonna be my lieutenant." I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Being the big man and taking care of like what like five or six thugs and the enforcers does not make you a Kingpin. <laughs> you were ki- you were a kingpin like, for about two days, mate. You could you could keep the enforcers in check with a bit of foil and some keys. Like, ooh, ooh, make a noise. <laughs> Chuck a Rubik's cube into the room. He <laughs> <laughs> did a Rubik's cube. Oh my god, fucking magician! No, the kingpin's not having any of that. And Foswell is seized and locked away to be blackmailed and used at a later date. Oh man, put- see this is been foiled. This away. is fucking business. Don't, don't come into my gaff while see Arsenal's on. Yeah. <laughs> Sit down and be quiet watching the fucking Chelsea. No, no, no. All right, all right. Let's get this right. Kingpin is clearly a West Ham fan. Nah, Kingpin's Chelsea, mate. Nah, West Ham. Guarantee. West Ham's old school. Yeah, exactly. And tell me Kingpin and old school. Kingpin's new school? Nah, Kingpin's oh, he's like he's, he's old school, but he's like he's only just entered the game. He's bringing his data sets and analysis to the criminal boardroom. <laughs> Foswell's old school. Foswell was like, I'll run, I'll run, fucking, you respect me, you fucking respect me. Okay, so what's um, what's Foswell then? Foswell's respect. He's like res- people respect me. No, no, I'm, I'm saying he's, he's like, like a wolf supporter. Yeah, he's fucking yeah, wolves definitely, definitely a wolves fan. A hundred percent, but King, I'd say Kingpin one London club, any London club actually. I think you can fit him in every single one of them. Quite easily, to be fair. Fulham, yeah. Leighton Orient, yeah. Dulwich Hamlet, yeah. The Arsenal, yeah. Spurs. The Chelsea, yep. Ah, uh, not Spurs. No. Not Spurs. Nah, nah. Not Spurs. I'll save that for someone else. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, no, the kingpin locks Foswell away. The game is done. But we also have to think about Peter Parker now. Peter Parker has just jumped into action. Literally just broke a man's jaw. And he shouldn't really be doing that if he doesn't want to fight crime. Yeah, you can't have it both ways, mate. You can't have your cake and eat it. So he goes to the water side and he starts to think over things and has an epiphany. Because it was almost subconscious how he jumped into action. So he's going over what got into me. And if you scroll up to the panel where he knocked them two blokes out, yeah. um, he, he kind of realises that why I did that was the man who was being mugged, it looked like my Uncle Ben and reminded me of Uncle Ben. Ah, yeah, with the white hair. That makes sense. So almost it's like a chance to subconsciously rewrite history. He can jump into action and save someone. Well, that was, that was the whole idea to begin with, wasn't it? It's like he didn't act when he needed to and... Ultimately, paid his uncle Ben paid the ultimate price for it for his lax attitude towards it. So now he says, "No innocent person, not it's not happening again. No one's going to get hurt on my watch. No one's going to hurt get hurt on my watch. I'm the amazing Spider Man, but he just needs that, that one important thing, back, Brad. It's that suit. Well, he can't, he can't be running around barefoot forever, man. Have you see, did you see Die Hard? You see Bruce Willis's feet at the end of that." <laughs> It's like Hobbit feet. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know how to slap up against there? It's like, like 
They don't tend to clean the side of the buildings as well. It's oh, dirty pigeon shit. Dirty foot. I have actually seen a picture of them. Um, they jet washed the side of a New York City building and it was like sort of like half and half. Like one half of it was like after the jet washed it and the other half of it was like before. And literally the one side was black and the other side was like red. <laughs> it's like the, 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 the pollution's that bad. So he's going he's gonna to need to think about this as well because he's run up the side of the Daily Bugle. It's not an older building. Oh, yeah. Like, you got to be careful with that shit. You get like splinters from the cracked concrete and shit. Breaks into the office of J. Jonah Jameson in his civvies with his shoes tied around his neck and his bare feet. Oh, the- DNA. All I'm saying is DNA everywhere. <laughs> is DNA a thing at this, to- at this point in time? This was b- b- barely when Mindhunter was happening. So they didn't uh, even know criminals were fucking bad people. This is like mental illness. It was definitely the husband that did it. Yeah. Every single time. He sees the costume of Spider-Man or the suit as a trophy. He takes it and he sits back and waits on Jameson's desk. Yeah, his feet up. I'm not gonna lie, that's a baller move, that is. Jameson is just took by complete surprise <laughs> and agony. Spider-Man gives him what for and runs out the side of the building and swings off. He's back in action, and no one's going to doubt him again. Like he could, literally could have walked into like Jameson doing anything, man. He could have been like unbuckling his, his trousers and shit. He's like, ready to go knock one off. Yeah, definitely went with that, <laughs> the, over the costume as well. Oh yeah, you know it. Every second of the day. <laughs> that that is it, mate. Spider Man was no more. Now he's back again. Issue fifty done. Beautiful. Couldn't have put it back myself. I think it was a really good one. We saw the kingpin. It's all coming up Spidey as well, ish. Well, he's found he's found his his cutspur again. You know, his cutspur. Yeah, he's his mojo. His mojo. He's uh It's it's just a, a full cycle with Spider Man constantly, isn't it? It's just constantly. How do I balance my life? I'm fed up of it. I get no fucking reward from it. Someone gets into trouble. He's like, ah, I've, I've got the power, and oh, with great power comes responsibility and all that shit. It's like a weird Mobius loop that kind of loops back on itself. Yeah, the story. Flat it gets circle, bigger, mate. Flat yeah, circle. All, all bigger and bigger and bigger. It just it just involves more things, more complications get added into it each time. Like, for instance, the first time this kind of happened, he was living at home. He didn't have much to worry about except his aunt May. But now he's got to kind of avoid Harry Osborne. He's got to think about the job. He's got to think about a lot of things. Well, last time it happened as well, he was he, he was um, trying to get the girl. If I remember, um, he had all that problems with Betty Brant. Oh yeah, absolutely. now 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 he no longer has to worry about her. He kind of has to worry about Gwen and Mary, but I'm not even sure if they're like all that important at the moment to him. If they're just friends having fun. Yeah, it's uh it's all a bit a bit rough for him. Um I forgot to mention as well that he did uh there was like two panels where he kind of Peter Parker burst into the Daily Bugle after the Spider Man costume had been handed over and he sees it and he's like, oh and just resigns. He wasn't really hired though. You can't, fire, you can't fire a freelancer. You can't resign from a job you don't actually have. 
yeah, of course. So there's no more no more photos of Spider-Man to take, but I guess that's gonna kind of be reversed in the next issue. But uh, no, that, that's it, mate. That is over. It's over and done with. To be fair, it it kind of goes hand in hand with him resigning because it's like, well, can't take photos of Spider-Man if Spider-Man's no more. Yeah, um, exactly. So it's all done. Uh, that was issue fifty. The um, one of the most highlighted issues, the famous front cover, and of course the introduction of the Kingpin and another yeah, major number player. of others. Some wrapping up of story elements like Fred Foswell hanging around. That seems to be coming to an end. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to get executed. I was about to say, hanging around might be the uh, the term you don't want to use for Foswell being be in prison. Kingpin in front of an ISIS flag. But yeah, um, I think we'll, we'll call it a day there, mate. Um, yeah. Any admin stuff to do? Um. Not really. You can catch us on all the regular shit. Um, Spotify, Pocket Casts, um, Apple Podcasts. You could also leave us a review if you'd be so kind. It's been a while since we've had one of them fellas and it boosts our day. It makes us feel a warm and fuzzy inside, unlike Peter's jumper. Yeah, you can find us at Spidey Podcast on Twitter and we always love hearing off you. We do get... No new listeners. Actually, I think someone joined Twitter just to say hi to us, which was oh, that's awesome. was pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, feel free to speak to us in our the direct messages or mention us or just uh, involve us in conversation because that, that's always good to see and hear. So uh, thank you very much, and uh, we'll see you very soon with issue fifty-one of the Amazing Spider-Man. So see you soon, guys. Goodbye. Goodbye.